Chapter 4, Above and Beyond for Buyer's Agents. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. I haven't focused on buyers since my first years in real estate over 15 years ago. We didn't have as much technology to tap back then, but I still realized that whatever I did had to be innovative so I would stand out amongst the crowd. I'd hold mass open houses and put 50 signs up. I created an application for buyers to fill out and printed out a ton of relevant information to give to them. I didn't try to sell anyone, but just got to know them and gave them something of value. And it worked. Today, I give all of my calls from buyers to my buyer specialist. My buyer's agents need to sell themselves by giving excellent value and educating the buyer as much as possible. Searching for a new home today is very different than it was 15 years ago. Heck, it's different than it was just one year ago. Buyers can go online themselves and research homes for sale. In fact, even if they have an agent, buyers typically know about the new houses on the market before their agent even does. We all know how this is, right? If they are serious about buying, they're visiting Zillow and Trulia every day searching for their perfect home. So the role of a buyer's agent has to change. It's not just that you can find a great home for them. They can do that themselves. Though if you stay connected and really know your market, you'll still be able to locate homes that won't show up online. To be a buyer's agent who adds real value, you need to think differently. You need to be innovative and give service that is above and beyond the norm. Your goal should be to arm your clients with all the knowledge and resources they need to make a successful purchase. A CML buyer's agent focuses on these areas. Intimate local market knowledge. You need an in-depth knowledge of the market you serve. This includes details like the area's history and the history of the real estate values, demographics and demographic trends, schools and school ratings, crime statistics, amenities like parks and recreation areas, restaurants and shopping, current and planned commercial development, available transportation and traffic patterns, police and fire stations, available social services, property tax rates, and access to the healthcare. I don't mean that you just pick up the report that covers these topics. You want to be as familiar with the area as someone who has lived there for 20 years. You do a disservice to your buyer if you try to represent them in a market that is far from you or that you're unfamiliar with. If you live 45 minutes away, you won't know the subtle differences between neighborhoods that the Saturday night high school football crowd echoes through the neighborhood or that the neighborhood has a massive number of rental properties. You might miss things like higher tax assessments or that the street is due to be widened. Part of knowing your areas intimately is having a close relationship with the listing agent in your area and developing a good rapport with them. This is where the broker's tour and attending local agent events can be helpful. As the saying goes, people like working with people they like. Maybe an effort to get to know them would be good. Make an effort to get to know them. Be the kind of agent who is fun and easy to work with. That means being responsive to requests, following up quickly, being prepared, and dealing fairly always. It doesn't mean you should allow yourself to get trampled on, but understand that it's more important to be a cooperative player in every transaction than to squeeze every last penny out of it. Building positive professional relationships gives you the inside track. Your offers will be looked up more favorably because other agents trust and like you, and they will be more comfortable sharing vital information with you. This isn't in the book right now, but I have to say this. I have a buyer's agent. Her name is Heidi Kugel. She is amazing. She seems to get every single offer accepted, even when there's multiple offers and she has a buyer who's contingent. I'll tell you what, 
The reason behind this is that Heidi makes every single endeavor and effort to make sure she gets along with agents. She develops rapport with them. She calls them. She connects with them. This is vital. Take a lesson and learn from her. Thorough understanding of your client's goals. A CML buyer's agent goes beyond the typical questions of how many bedrooms and bathrooms do you want? You need to dig and understand your client's lifestyle and goals, both now and looking down the road and into the future. This means finding out where they work and how they feel about commuting. How do they like to spend their time at home? What they enjoy doing in their time off and whether they anticipate the family size changing, having kids, having parents move in with them, getting married, having older kids moving out, etc. It covers things like, do you have pets and do you walk them every day? Do you entertain a home a lot? Do you work at night and sleep during the day? What amenities are most important to you? What hobbies and activities is your family like? Is it likely you'll be transferred to another city for work. Next, you want to find out specifically why your clients decided to buy a house. Are they looking for a forever home or an investment they can turn over in a few years? Is it so their kids go to a better school? Of all these reasons for buying, which are the most important? By asking these questions, you not only gain a better understanding of the type of home that, that will work for them, you're also helping your clients clarify their goals and desires so they can make good decisions. Buying a home is a very emotional step for many people. You want to set your clients up so they don't let emotions lead them into a bad decision. The next few steps are about educating your clients. To be efficient, I suggest creating videos of any general information you need to teach them about purchasing a home. Not only will it save you time, but your clients will be able to look back and refer to the videos when they forget what you said. Keep in mind that what is second nature to you is a confusing jumble of real estate jargon and strange procedures to them the ins and outs of home ownership. One of the many incredible values you can bring to the table is to educate your clients about home ownership. Owning a home has always been part of the American dream, but for people who don't understand the ins and outs of home ownership, it can become a nightmare, as we saw in the real estate crash. The fact that your buyers have owned homes before doesn't necessarily mean they really understand the potential landmines and great benefits of home ownership. Topics you should cover include things like the impact of market swing on home equity. When the market crash hit, I heard homeowners claim that they had just lost thousands of dollars in their home. No, they didn't. That crash they thought they'd lost was never an actual fact. And though you used to be able to take built up equity to the bank and pull it out in a refinance, now it's not that easy to use your home as your personal bank account or your ATM. Your clients need to understand that. Though the real estate can be a great investment, its value can go down and up as well. Calculating how much home they can afford. You also need to make sure they understand the cost of homeownership, including taxes, insurance, utilities, homeowners association dues, as well as repairs and maintenance. This especially applies to first-time buyers and buyers who are moving into a larger or more expensive home than they've owned previously. Find out if they want to include their taxes and insurance in their monthly mortgage payments. It's important to help them factor in all the costs they'll incur in owning a home so they can calculate what they can really afford. Here's a quick checklist of things you should discuss with buyers. Number one, property taxes. In many areas, the sale of a house triggers a property tax assessment. Research this and warn your clients of possible increases. Lawn and garden. Help them get an estimate of landscape maintenance charges. Even a basic mow and blow can get costly. If they decide to do it themselves, they'll incur the cost of the equipment they need. And what about ongoing pest control and the time it takes? Number three, minor upgrades. It's exciting to move into a new house and put your personal stamp on it, but one small change inevitably leads to another and more costs. A new gas stove might require resizing the cabinetry, then repairing floor and counters. Counsel your buyers to be cautious about improvements and suggest they delay them until they have settled in. Major upgrades. A new deck may sound easy and inexpensive, but those projects rarely are. Also, improvements that require getting permits will automatically increase your property taxes. Number five, general maintenance. Professional property managers usually create a reserve for replacement, which is a fund set up for the maintenance issues that 
that will occur. Roof repair or replacement, resealing the driveway, restaining the deck, replacing doors and windows, repair or replacement of the furnace, the air conditioning. It's a constant flow of issues that need to be addressed. For people who've been apartment dwellers, this can be a huge shock. Let your buyers know that regular, thorough maintenance of their home will directly affect the price they can get when they eventually sell it. Number six, accidents. If the house is on a golf course, your buyers can expect a few balls flying through the windows. If they get lots of deliveries or have lots of guests over, they can expect someone sometime to drive over their sprinklers or through their garage door. Kids are notorious for throwing things down the toilets, putting holes in walls and breaking doorknobs, light fixtures, windows, blinds, screens, etc. Number seven, safety. Does the pool need a fence around it? Do the bathrooms need safety handles? Are the stair banisters sturdy? Will the outside need motion detectors? Eight, emergencies. Does the area tend to flood? If so, what do they need to protect the home? Does power go out frequently due to storms and topple trees? If so, do they need a backup generator or at least a bunch of flashlights? Time, number nine. One of homeownership's biggest costs is time. If your buyers are do-it-yourselfers, most of their free time will be eaten up by working on their new home. Even if they hire vendors to do necessary work, they'll spend hours waiting for the vendors to show up. Everything takes time. You can also point out financial benefits they'll receive in terms of tax write-offs to add to their calculations. When you own a home right now in California, you're able to write off some of the interest, which then can save several hundreds of dollars per month and thousands per year. You can either choose to get money back at the end of the year on your taxes or or you can choose to increase your dependents so you save that money each month. When you factor this benefit in, your clients might be able to afford a more expensive home. The worst thing you can do as a buyer's agent is get your clients into a home that they will not be able to afford. Understanding financing. You can't just rely on a lender to explain all the options available to your buyers. Spend time to explain to your clients the pros and cons of adjustable versus fixed mortgages, reverse mortgages, interest only, and a 15, 20, and 30-year term. What are the consequences and benefit of each type of loan and how will it affect your buyer? Make sure they understand about PMI, private mortgage insurance, and insurance and impound accounts, if applicable. Mention the benefits of making bi-monthly payments to pay off their home quicker and incur less interest. If you are staying on top of the market, you should know what interest rates they are likely to get and what lenders that will be the best match for them? Do they qualify for any special financing? The financing end of buying a home is incredibly important. Back when the market crashed, a lot of people opted for interest-only loans because mortgage brokers were making so much money by selling those interest-only loans. But with interest-only, after five years, you've never paid anything off of the principal because they made all that money charging excessive points and being paid by the banks to sell high-risk loans. Are you wanting a kickstart on your business? and you wanna learn how to be the go-to professional in your industry, well, guess what? I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching. It's brand new. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. That's kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days. That's going to help kickstart you as the go-to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there. Align yourself with good lenders who have the same high ethical standards you do. Make sure they're not just in it for the sale, but have a community market leader mindset of people before things. As far as an adjustable rate, that isn't safe by any means because you never know what can happen. What if rates go up five points? We've all seen this, right? Your clients will have a payment they can't afford at one point. Then, five years later, their payment triples and they can't afford the house anymore. Make sure your clients are very clear about their options. Would an extra $200 per month in a mortgage payment mean they'd have to cut out parents' night out or date night, family fun outings, or doing the things they really enjoy? 
let your clients know if extending yourself for your mortgage means sacrificing the things that make your life enjoyable, then don't do it. Don't get shocked by a mortgage payment you really can't afford. I've seen too many people buy homes they can't truly afford. Then they lose everything with interest rates skyrocketing. It's devastating. Also, help your clients position themselves to look good to lenders by showing them how to improve their credit score or suggesting they increase their down payment. Then help them get pre-qualified with a good lender, one that has a good track record and experience before they enter the market and start looking. Make sure they get a to-be-determined approval. A TBD approval has gone through the entire underwriting process. All the lender needs is the appraisal and the house in order for them to get the loan approved. A TBD is much stronger than a regular approval because there is no surprise down the road untangling the process. Give your clients a thorough explanation of everything that happens from submitting an offer all the way to close their best grow. I'd suggest creating a series of videos on this with the checklist to keep track. Cover everything from offers to purchase contracts to contingencies to appraisals. Tell your buyers what to expect from a home inspection or a termite inspection. Help them answer common questions such as what happens if the house doesn't appraise? What inspections do they need and is it safe to accept the seller's inspections? Go into detail and answer all the questions buyers have asked you over the years. Your clients will feel more more comfortable and you'll end up fielding many fewer questions. As you do this, point out parts of the process that are particular to current marketing conditions. For example, if you're in a seller's market, offers have to be more attractive to beat out competition and get accepted, right? Buyers may need to move quickly on homes. They might need to do extras like writing a personal letter to the seller, what they like about the house, and having their lender call the seller's agent to verify the pre-qualification and the lender's commitment. As we get into the transaction, we make sure that we can give buyers multiple recommendations for inspectors, vendors, carpet repair, window repair, anything and everything they need. We give multiple references of reputable people and organizations that we have good relationships. Doing effective buyer stores. Your job during home tours is not just to be the chauffeur and deal with lockboxes. You need to think of yourself as the expert your buyers have hired to help them make a great decision of their new home. Rather than emailing out the standard MLS information on homes you'll be touring, create your own buyer's tour packet. How about a tour packet in full color that has additional photos of each house? See the link to my buyer's tour package in the resource section. Leave space for your buyers to take notes and make comments on each home and create a Google map that shows where each house is in relation to each other. Prepare yourself by checking in with the seller's agent to get some background on why the house is selling, how quickly the sellers want to move, and whether they'll need a rent back. Dig to understand what the importance is for the seller. Research the specific location of each home. Are there hazardous waste sites or landfills nearby? Is the home near an electrical plant? Is it near an airport or train tracks? Make notes of these things so you can inform your client about details and the locations while you're on tour. For example, the traffic is super busy on a couple streets in my area at certain times because those streets are used as thoroughfares to get to and from school. In the mornings and after school, it's just crazy how busy it is. You would never know this about the traffic if you went by the house on a weekend or if you didn't go by it all at the right time. A community market leader will try to find out this kind of information so there are no unpleasant surprises down the road, even if you do this during your contingency time frame. It's just as important to us to point out the negatives of a house as it is the positives. I will let my buyers know, hey, I would not buy this because of X, Y, and Z, or this neighborhood is clearly heading downhill. I'm really upfront about future selling and what the resale value of the house would be. Sometimes the negatives are specific to a particular buyer, but somebody else might not mind whatever it is. But from what they've told me, I know my buyers wouldn't be happy. So I point out the issues, even if it means I won't get the sale. And you need to as well. If you're doing your job and showing them as many good possibilities as possible, your buyers will have a hard time remembering every house that they see. Help them out by making a custom report of each tour. As you tour through each house, use your laptop or iPad 
better, take a video and record your buyer's comments. I use Evernote, an app on my iPad, which allows me to send the notes, pictures, and video digitally, and they can be printed if my clients prefer. Though you may not be a certified home inspector, pay attention to any indications of possible physical issues in the house, like ceiling stains or foundation cracks. Add your notes to the video and send this to their buyers after the tour to jog their memory. This can be done right in Evernote while you are visiting each property. Design a win-win offer. When your client has found the house they want, you'll need to create the strongest offer possible. Is the strongest offer the one that guarantees they get the house? No, the strongest offer is the one that gets the house on the terms that really works for your buyers. Your buyers might be frothing at the mouth over a certain house. Your job is to help rein in their emotions and ensure that they are happy with their decision two months or a year from now. You need to be creative and have excellent negotiation skills to make this happen. You have at least 20 deal points to work with. You need to know what the traditional fees are in the county. You need to know what's negotiable, what's customary regarding closing costs, who pays for title, who pays for escrow, who pays for inspections, who pays for the home warranty, what repairs you should actually request or not request, and who is paying the broker's fee. Remember that what is customary is always affected by the market climate. Everything is negotiable depending on what the market is doing. So set your buyer's expectations up correctly from the beginning. For example, in some counties, the buyers pay for all the closing costs, but in others, they are split 50-50. Knowing your market and the market norms in the area that you're working in is essential so your buyer understands and knows what to expect. Giving them the ammunition they need to create an attractive offer, get as much seller information as you can to understand their hot buttons and figure out what leverage you have. Why are you selling? Are there any hardships involved? Look at how many days the home is been on the market? Has the house fallen out of escrow? Why? How many offers are there and how strong are they? Ask the selling agent, are you going to respond to all offers or only counter the best? Make sure your buyer knows when it's competitive situation and when it's not. Help your buyer understand the differences. If you're in a seller's market, let them know they'll need to show all the strength they've got from the beginning and not leave anything else to chance or on the table. Show your buyers how economic indicators, interest rates, real estate cycles, and market conditions both locally and nationally play into the offer. For example, in my market right now, homes for first-time buyers are going like hotcakes and we expect multiple offers. I just listed a house last weekend and we had 14 offers by Monday. In this type of market, you need to let your buyers know, hey, they're gonna get multiple offers. It's going to go for 20 to $30,000 above list price and it's probably not going to appraise. Then you need to talk about the pros and cons of making an offer on that home. Being in a buyer's market versus a seller's market will drastically impact how you approach the offer, buyer, the other agent, and the seller. Educate your clients about the process and what types of things they should or should not request and what is a fair offer given the market conditions. Don't let your buyers go into contract then make unreasonable requests that everyone sees as an attempt to renegotiate after the negotiating is done. Don't try to paint the seller in a corner with additional demands or credits right before the home is about to close. Be fair and negotiate fairly throughout the entire process. One of my worst clients ever demanded an additional $10,000 at the very end of escrow from the seller or he would not close. I had already asked multiple times and the seller had refused, but the buyer knew the seller was in a hardship and was divorcing. He was playing dirty and nasty. Sadly, we were caught between a rock and a hard place and we all had to give in to his outrageous demands. On a side note, this is the same guy as the bed bug guy. Prepave your buyers by letting the seller's agent know how strong and prepared your buyer is. Send the agent your buyer's letter to the homeowner that mentions specific things your buyer loves about the house. We actually have the buyers do a bomb bomb video to the seller that says, hi, we love your house. This gives the seller a personal connection with the buyer. This works really well because it puts a face to the offer on the piece of paper. Many sellers are only concerned with money, but others also really want their home to go to a good buyer. They want to leave their neighbors with a good neighbor. You never know what kind of seller you're going to get, so you should pull out every tool every time. If there is a loan, have the lender call the selling agent directly 
likely to explain how qualified your buyers are, how quickly the loan will close, and even how long the lender has been in the business to show they can deliver. Submit the best offer possible to get the home your buyers want while still protecting their interests. As negotiations continue, make sure your buyers understand the true cost to them of each part of the give and take. Would you like to have two days of live coaching directly from me where we're actually going to go over one strategy that in 2020 brought in 48 seller transactions? Well, you want to go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live. That's kristamayshore.com slash two days live. Our next live is actually February 22nd and 23rd. It's only $97 and you get coached directly from me all day long for two days straight. So if you're wanting more sellers and you're wanting to learn to utilize video and social media in your business, then show up to our next two days live. Go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live and I will see you there. For example, explain what it might mean to them in the future if they overpay for the house today or discuss whether they should argue about paying for the home inspection and risk losing the house. Keep it smooth after acceptance. As we all know, so much happens between offer acceptance and close of escrow. Make sure your buyer understands this piece and what is expected of them. What information do they need to remove each contingency? When do they have to pay the cost they've agreed to cover? For example, where I live, HOA inspections must be paid before close of escrow by the seller. And if you pay for the home inspection and other inspections early, they usually give you a discount. The appraisal needs to be paid when it is ordered and prior to closing. Let the buyer know what they're responsible for paying and when it needs to be paid so they allocate the money and have it available. When inspection reports come in, we sit down and go over them with the buyer and point out any red flags. We send them reminders of each deadline and the responsibility on their end. During this period, it is imperative that your buyers avoid any major purchases that might affect their credit or cash on hand and that they do not have any late payments. They shouldn't buy any furniture on credit or take money out of bank accounts. Once they are in escrow, they need to tell you and their lender before they make any financial moves at all. If your buyer is getting cash from someone for a down payment and costs, this needs to be documented so it can be tracked and traced. Is any of this sounding familiar to you? You also need to manage their expectations of time frames. Explain the difference between funding and recording. How does funding on a Friday affect their payments? In California, signing documents doesn't mean you take occupancy right away. The property has to be recorded, which can take a few days, even more if you run into holidays. Let them know when to schedule for utilities to be turned on or put it in their name. We send our buyers the phone numbers they'll need with a note. Hey, your house is closing in four days. Make sure you call and have the utilities transferred into your name the day your house closes. Here are all the phone numbers you'll need. We give this list to both sellers and buyers so they can close out any utilities and begin with no hassle. A few more thoughts on going above and beyond. Sometimes going above and beyond is about not doing something. Here are a few of those things to consider. Do them a favor and don't take the business. Another way you go above and beyond for clients is not taking their business. If you live three hours away from a listing, no matter how sharp you are, realistically, you can't do the job they deserve. You don't know the area and you don't know the market. You don't know what's great about their neighborhood. You won't want to spend the time driving back and forth to stay in touch with them and dealing with the house. Give these clients what they deserve by researching a terrific agent in their area and refer them to that agent. That local agent will go above and beyond to earn future referrals from you. And those clients will remember as ethical as you were and caring as you were. And do not call yourself an expert if you're not one. If you haven't been educating yourself and keeping up with the market, don't pretend that you have. If you don't have the expertise in a specific type of property, refer to someone who does or partner with someone who does so you can learn. If you can't put 100% effort in for your client for some reason, don't take their business. 
Maybe you're having personal challenges or you just can't relate to them and their property. Don't take the business if you can't give it your all. And if you're a part-time agent just playing around in the business, don't take the business. I know it sounds harsh, but selling or buying a home is one of the biggest investments anyone can make. You might be able to close the deal, but you can't honestly say that you're the person for the job that gets the best results for the client. If you were in the client's position, wouldn't you want the most dedicated professional agent you could get to handle the purchase or the sale? There's too much at stake to accept business just for a paycheck about dual agency. A question our industry has debated for decades. Can you really serve your client's best interest acting as a dual agent? It's a tricky area, but let me share with you how I handle it. I recently listed a property that was gorgeous single story on a golf course with a pool and RV access. It was one of the nicest homes in the neighborhood of Deer Ridge where I live. I knew we would get multiple offers even though the asking price was very high. And I happened to be working with a buyer who was very interested in the house. I took all five offers including my buyer's offer and an offer from an agent in my office and presented them to my seller. Then I got together again with my buyer and we crafted our own highest and best. I told her that she probably needed to be in the range of 730000 with terms that favored the seller to get the house. She took my advice and she got the house because we offered the highest price and the best terms, fairly. At the end of the day, my seller got a great price and, ter- and great terms. My buyer got the house that she wanted and I knew I had served both clients based upon my knowledge and expertise, not because I used inside information unfairly. Most agents don't know of a relatively new form that we have in California. It's called the CNE. If you write an offer, you can also submit a form called the CNE confidentiality notice disclosure. That is a confidentiality notice with your offer. It stipulates that the listing agent can't tell anybody else about that offer, including their own buyers or agents. In other words, they can't use the information against you. I insist that all of my buyer's agents submit this form with every offer. I've used this form for over three years now. Still, every time we submit it, the other listing agent calls me and says, what is this? I've never seen it before. It's an incredibly effective way to protect our clients, but few agents have taken the time to find out about it. Why? They have not researched and read about the new forms that they have come out with. They are doing themselves and their clients a disservice. In fact, I was recently on a panel of real estate experts and not one of them knew what a CNE is. In any form of dual agency, whether you have both buyer and seller or someone in your office has the buyer and you have the seller, you need to create a type of firewall. Being loose with dual agency has gotten more than one broker sued. Take the next steps. Number one, jot down three ideas you've learned from this chapter. What can you implement in your current business? Do it. Number two, so much of being a community market leader has to do with educating people. Who are the great educators you know? What makes them good? How can you apply that to your business? For more information, go to www.communitymarketleader.com. Hey, I hope you like what you're hearing. So right now you're actually listening to my book. We're giving you parts of our book each and every episode. So stay tuned for the next episode on Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday, where we release more parts of our book, Sell 100 Homes or the Ultimate Digital Marketing Playbook. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time and stay tuned for more.